it's time to geek out. Hello, we're back and welcome to a new season of Geek Out with Matt Navarra with me, Matt Navarra. And me, Martin SFP Bryant. Now, we're doing things a bit differently this time around. Yes, each week we'll be doing a live interview on Twitter Spaces with someone big in the world of social media and then bringing the recording of the interview to you right here on this podcast. Yeah, it's a lot of fun to do the live interviews, but not everyone can listen at the time. So we're proudly double dipping or something like that. In this episode, we chat with Will Cathcart, head of WhatsApp. With more than 2 billion regular users, WhatsApp is one of the most important apps in the world and an important way for Facebook to reach an audience that might not engage as much with its other apps. We had loads to ask him. We talked about encryption, the spy boss who'd singled him out for criticism the day before we spoke, the growth of messaging for businesses, and we also got him to answer lots of questions from the Geek Out audience too. Now, if you're listening to this soon enough, you can catch our next live interview with Shimona Mehta, Shopify's Managing Director for the EMEA region. So if you want to know all about the social shopping revolution happening right now, make sure you join us at 11.30am UK time on Wednesday, the 21st of July, 2021. We have to clarify the year. You might be listening to this in the space year 2149, in which case, hello from the past. I hope things have got better. Uh, that's going to be on Twitter Spaces. There's a link to that in the show notes today. Or you can listen back in next week's edition of the podcast. But now, here's what happened when we spoke to Will Cathcart, head of WhatsApp. I think we've just had uh, Will join us. Will, are you there? Hey, Matt. Hey, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Whereabouts in the world are you today? I wasn't quite sure where you'd be. Oh, I'm in, I'm in California. Uh, no, well, I bet it's slightly better temperature than this. Isn't it like crazy weather there at the moment in terms of temperature? It, it's, it's hot, but you know, honestly, it's, it's, it's been hot every summer for the last few years. I think that's just a new reality. Oh God. Well, my, my sister's in Vancouver and she has much the same, uh, further up and, uh, she was saying the other day it was like 46 degrees, but, but anyway, well, um, we, um, we've got loads of stuff we want to get through and chat about. And I really appreciate you um, being willing to come on and chat to us about all this sort of stuff. Um, and I know you're No, thank busy. you both for having me. Um, but I guess one of the things we wanted to kick off and chat about is probably the thing that's most recent, which was yesterday, which is this multi-device um, feature, which is something that I know um, I have wanted for a while. And lots of other people have asked me, Do you know, when's it coming? You know, when's it going to come out? And, and it's now here, but it's a bit of a technical kind of um, achievement, isn't it? And also there is a caveat that you can't use multiple phones. So I just wanted if you could tell us a bit about kind of how it's come to be and, and what, what's, what's happening with it now. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we announced this yesterday. It is, it's quite the technical achievement. You know, what we've, his, you know, historically WhatsApp has been a, a, a service that works on just one phone only. And there's a couple exceptions to that we made work. So you can access WhatsApp on your desktop, uh, either an app or a website, you can use it on a portal, but all of them just rely on the fact that your phone is actually on running and connected to the internet. And the reason why is that we don't have a copy of anyone's messages. And so to do something with true security, um, including end-to-end encryption, we needed to find a way to let you access WhatsApp from multiple devices and do it in a rich way where you have your history and what you do syncs across without us ever having access right. to the messages. So that's that's why it's a very hard technical problem. Um, we've been working on this for a number of years. And what we announced yesterday is we're now at a place where we can start the uh, public beta of this. So people who, who want to try the experience out can. And Immediately, what it makes better is those existing secondary 
devices, your, your desktop computer, or your portal. But also what it sets us up to be able to do over time is add better rich support for multiple devices. You know, we've, we've heard a lot from people who want tablet support. Um, you know, it's certainly come up that some people want to be able to put WhatsApp on multiple phones. You can kind of think about all these different things of what we might be able to do. Yeah. Uh, but just starting off, the desktop experience is much better once you use this. Right. And this is, a, as you say, it's in beta at the moment. So, so yeah. how many people at the moment kind of will, will notice it in terms of the population of users and, and how we'll quickly will it spread to, to be kind of used by the beta available to a lot of people, but it'll, it'll, it'll be an option. So in WhatsApp, if you go to your linked devices screen, which is where you can authorize a, a web access or desktop access, you'll see an option right there talking about the beta and asking if you want to opt into it. And so how many people use it will, you know, will, will certainly depend on how you want to. Um, geeky sort of question, but in terms of the, um, the WhatsApp beta, how many people do you typically have who beta testing the, the app in general? Is it, is it a fairly large proportion of people? Or is it quite still quite small or any sort of idea around that? It, it, it's fairly large. We don't, we don't have a lot of features where we do an opt-in beta on a specific feature where we say to people, hey, would you like to? But we have, um, we have beta apps on iPhone and Android, people who've opted into our beta channel. So uh, you mentioned the importance of end-to-end -end encryption there. And uh, here in the UK, um, uh, Ken McCallum, the head of the UK spy agency MI5, named you specifically when uh, he was uh, talking uh, yesterday about them wanting ex exceptions to end-to-end -end encryption. Uh, he said that end-to-end uh, -end encryption was important, but that uh, they should still be able to investigate certain people um, by basically having some kind of uh, backdoor. Um, and he said that um, uh, Facebook had falsely presented encryption as a straight choice between uh, privacy or safety for users. Uh, and uh, the UK public opinion is clear. Terrorists, paedophiles and serious criminals should not enjoy an absolute right to privacy. And that tech companies have solved harder problems when they really want to. And so he named you explicitly there. Um, what's your response to that? Well, well, look, this is not a new debate. The debate over encryption has been going on for two, three decades. <laughs> and there's always there's there's always been along the way a call for, gee, can we can we find some solution that lets just the good guys access more information, but doesn't create security risks that all the bad guys are going to exploit. And the reality is, I mean, technologists have looked at this for decades. If there were some clever solution, it would have come mm -hmm. up by now. The sad reality is there's not. You know, we, we we live in a world where there are a lot of online threats and they're growing. Um, I actually just saw in the minutes before this breaking in the news that Microsoft and Citizen Lab did an investigation that exposed a new spyware from a private Israeli company that's being used to, to spy on journalists and activists and human rights defenders in Europe and elsewhere. Um, we've come out against a different spyware uh, that we detected from a company called NSO Group a few years ago. We're seeing foreign governments increasingly be sophisticated on cyber warfare and cybersecurity issues. And so the, rea you know, the reality is there's no way to lower the security for people's sensitive data, which is what a backdoor would be, let's lower the security. There's no way to do that and then still guard against all of the threats we would see everywhere else. So you know, our point of view is very simple. We need the best technological, we need the best technology possible to secure people's private information. Governments pushing to lower security would be bad. 
Um, if anything, we think governments should be pushing tech companies to mandate more security. Do you think it's fair that they've singled WhatsApp out, particularly in this instance, or do you just think that's just you know part of the fun at the moment of them trying to make stoke up interest in their their version of what they think should be the, the way it should be, or or do you think it's a bit unreasonable that you're you're signalled out because there are other messaging apps that have encryption? There are other messaging apps that have encryption, which is great. Um, you know, I, I get that we're you know a lot of people in the UK use WhatsApp. Um, I think they use it because of the security. So I get if you're going to complain about security, that WhatsApp's the thing to point to. Um, we're and, and well, so in India as well, it's, so this is like not like you say, not just a UK thing. This is a, a thing around the world, around no. governments battling um, with um, with tech companies around encryption. And there, am I right in saying you're su- you've sued or are suing that government around that? How, how do you see that panning out? We have, you know, the the, the government there has. Um, you know, they've, they've publicly said they're, they're supportive of end-to-end encryption, but they've asked for a thing uh, and mandated it in some new rules they call traceability. And what they're asking for is the ability to come to, uh, to you know, to someone like us, to, what, to WhatsApp or a different messaging service and say, here's something someone said. We know someone said this. And maybe, you know, it got forwarded around or we saw it. We don't know who said it first. Search every one of your users. Go through and look at everything they've said. And figure out who said it first, because we want to go punish the person who said something. Um, and there's no way, I mean, you, we could have a, a long conversation about whether that's a good idea or not, whether companies should go search everyone in a country to see who said something first. But regardless, there's no way to do that with end-to-end encryption, because by design, we don't see what people say. We don't have a copy of what people say. Um, so we've challenged that. You know, we something that, that they've talked about for years, and we've very publicly, as well as privately, made our points about why we just think it's wrong. It's it's against everything we stand for. Um, and so we've challenged that. So we decided to file a lawsuit in the Delhi High Court, um, challenging it, including under the privacy guarantees of the Constitution of India. Um, and you know, we're hopeful that um, when we really get into the details and, and, and go through all the, the consequences and the privacy issues, the security issues, and we, we make our case that um, that we'll get a favorable outcome. Yeah, Martin, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it, it, well, it feels like that there are all, we mentioned the UK and India, but you're getting a barrage of these requests and uh, in, to increasingly shrill degrees, perhaps, from uh, governments uh, who are worried about um, the amount of communication that is, uh, is encrypted these days. You're going to lose this fight somewhere eventually, aren't you? Well, essentially, we already have. I mean, there's... This isn't new, and there's a bunch of countries that have decided they just don't believe in letting citizens talk to each other privately, mm. um, and they block us. Yeah, you know, we we offer we offer a secure service all around the world. I wish every country would would let it work, would would accept that, would see the benefits. They don't all, um, you know, we're, we're we're frequently blocked in mainland China. We've been blocked off and on in other countries, um, even in places where we're popular. We've been temporarily blocked for a number of years. We were blocked um, quite regularly in Brazil before we won some really important legal rulings, including an appellate court ruling that end-to-end encryption is critical to human rights. Um, so it's not new for us. And where, where does this end then? You, you either have to find back doors, or I suppose you have to pull out of countries that um, are uh, wanting uh, this kind of backdoor? Well, we... I mean, we, we view it as we're, we're available anywhere, and it's up to countries to decide whether or not they want to block us. And look, in, in practice... A number of countries that are not, you know, liberal democracies with a lot of freedom 
have on balance, even though they would, you know, they would normally love to be able to spy on what their citizens say, have on balance just accepted that people want to use WhatsApp. People want to use secure messaging services from other companies too. I guess one of the, well, one, um, sorry, come on, carry on, Will. Yeah. No, I was just, I mean, my, my hope for that, you know, you asked where does this end? I mean, my hope for where this ends is we start to realize that on balance, securing the private sensitive information of citizens is absolutely necessary in a world with more online threats. And it's important globally for promoting human rights. You know, the, the UN Human Rights Council actually just two days ago um, came out with a statement condemning internet shutdowns and talking about how encrypted communication is important for people to be able to speak freely to each other. It's a human right. Um, but the only other thing I think I wanted to sort of wrap this up on in terms of the encryption bit, because like you say, we could probably speak about this for, for hours and still have the similar kind of space where we're going to end up with it. But, um, but I guess... Lots of people will say that Facebook is an advertising business. It relies on tracking users. It doesn't have the strongest and best track record in privacy. And, and now it's got a very strong encryption message um, and sort of privacy message. Isn't that like a bit of a contradiction? Is that a cha- it's going to be a pretty big challenge to overcome for what you're trying to achieve, I would have thought? Well, it's not new yeah. for us. I mean, you know, we've, we've had end-to-end encryption in WhatsApp for five years. We've been committed to it for a long time. I guess, you know, I might turn that around and say to the the people who are proposing changing how services like WhatsApp work, but let's be clear about what they're saying. They're asking private companies to store copies of everyone's messages, to have access to read what everyone says. Is that really what we want? Do we really want private companies to be able to do that? Well, it's it, like you say, it's going to be a, a debate that goes on for some time, and I would love to spend some bit more time talking about it. But I, there was a couple of other things I know that me and Martin wanted to touch of upon. Um, and uh, one of them really is just more about First of all, messaging in general, I just wanted to get your take on where has messaging come from in the last few years in terms of how people use it, what features apps like WhatsApp and others have been focusing on, and then how that's slightly evolved now, where, where it's headed. You know, Have you seen sort of a distinct change in, in the purpose and usage of, of WhatsApp and other apps like it? Yeah, absolutely. We certainly have. I mean, three things I'd point to in terms of just how it's changed over the past past few years. One is just the degree to which um, people are using messaging for their conversations. COVID accelerated this. We're all, you know, we're, we th- we think of the WhatsApp product in a way as helping you have a face to face conversation when you can't be sitting face to face with each other. Well, this last year and a half, frequently we haven't been able to sit uh, physically near someone. So we, so just usage in general has gone up. Um, you know, my, my wife and I. Um, we have a daughter. She's th- almost three years old now. We realized after she was born, we didn't agree on how to pronounce her name. We picked her name. Uh, I, I, Naomi is how I say it. My wife says Naomi. And it took us a while to figure out how we'd, how we'd mess that up as parents. Well, the reason why was all the conversations about how to name our daughter, we typed out with our thumbs. And it, we didn't even think about it. It just didn't feel any different than sitting next to each other. Uh, which gets to the next trend I would, I would call out, which is... Over the last few years, I think we've gone from messaging being mostly about typing things to increasingly about video calling and voice calling. And we see that on WhatsApp, the fastest part, fastest growing part of WhatsApp over the last few years, especially this last year and a half, has been voice and video calls um, because people want to feel like they're, they're having a richer conversation with someone. They want to hear the sound of their voice and not just see the letters they typed on the screen. Sure. Um, um, uh, no, Martin, and the more we talked earlier about WhatsApp business as well, there was some stuff that we were talking mm. about. Yeah. 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 
was literally actually going to be my third trend, oh. by the way, was, you know, the degree to which we're seeing people use WhatsApp for business. A great, great segue into the question. <laughs> yeah. So, well, what's the plan there? Because obviously we've seen uh, WhatsApp becoming more of a business tool in, in recent years. Um, I took some refresher driving lessons a, a few years ago when I hadn't been driving for a few years. And the, uh, I knew that WhatsApp had become such a prevalent part of life when a total stranger, uh, my driving instructor, who'd never messaged me before, messaged me for the first time after booking him through WhatsApp. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so uh, rather than a, a standard text message, uh, it's developed a lot since then. So uh, how is that going to evolve over, let's say, the next year? What, what can we expect to see from the business side of things? Yeah. So what we're focused on, I mean, we've seen this trend. A lot of people, a lot of businesses are using WhatsApp and a lot of people are choosing to, to reach out to businesses on WhatsApp instead of calling them on the phone or going to a website. Um, and, and it makes sense when you think about why we hear this from people all the time. When you call someone on the phone, especially when you call a larger company, you get stuck on hold. You get routed to a call center. It's not a good experience. And if you can just message really quickly on WhatsApp, it's much more convenient for you. And it's actually better for the business, too, because it's much more efficient for them to deal with multiple customers, solve their problems. And at the end of the day, have a happy customer or make a sale. So what we're focused on is, OK, given this is happening, how do we make it better? How do we make it more efficient? For businesses, how do we make consumers love the experience? Um, so we've done things like a couple of years ago, we added a, a, a dedicated WhatsApp business app. So if you're a business, you can download a version of WhatsApp that has extra features for businesses, things like auto replies, um, or more recently, things like listing out what products you have for sale. We've seen tremendous growth with that. We have over 50 million active users of that app. Um, and over time, what we're going to be doing is just adding richer functionality so that you can interact with a business, see what they have, pay them potentially, depending on what country you're in. Just just get everything done over WhatsApp without having to go to a website, without having to make a call. And, and, get and this, cool. is, this, is, this is part of a broader strategy because we've seen lots of business features from other parts of Facebook as well. But do you, do you view this as a, an overall company-wide strategy across all the different um, divisions of Facebook? Or is this you plug, plow on with your business strategy, Messenger's got it, et cetera? It's both. So there, there's some things that we're doing that are going to work really well across all of um, Facebook services. For example, there's a new feature called shops. So if a business wants to set up a shop, um, they can have that be on Instagram. So someone can, if, they, if someone finds them on Instagram, they can see what they have for sale. And they can also have that be available in WhatsApp. So if after you found them on Instagram, you start messaging with them on WhatsApp, you can actually refer back to the stuff they have for sale and, and, and close the loop and actually even buy something if you want to. Um, but it's, you know, but it's also just coming out of how people are using WhatsApp. So there's a lot of stuff we're doing that's just very WhatsApp specific because people are choosing to talk to businesses on what WhatsApp. What happened to messaging bots? It just feels like it was a big thing for a while and everyone was talking about it and particularly Messenger, maybe it's slightly more so than, than WhatsApp. And there has been sort of quite a lot of changes and, and improvements in terms of how bots and you, you use different bits of tech to make it more of a rich and enjoyable and, and realistic experience of chatting to someone that maybe could be real but probably aren't. Uh, is, is bots still something that you're focusing on? Are you seeing any really genuine utility in bots uh, for WhatsApp? Well, there's this thing with technology trends. We hear a lot about them early on, and then you hear a little bit less about them, and you wonder what happened. But meanwhile, behind the scenes, they've just been steadily growing. Um, I actually think there's, there's a really great example of bots this year that was really, really, really powerful and that a lot of people used, which is um, vaccine and COVID information bots. 
So we had on WhatsApp in you know over 100 health organizations and governments around the world set up either initially COVID information lines so you could message on WhatsApp and get information about COVID and more recently um, full-on vaccine services. So in a number of countries, you, you, instead of going to a, a really complicated website, instead of calling a phone number and being stuck on hold, you message a bot on WhatsApp to book your vaccine appointment. Um, most recently, we just actually, uh, the CDC in the US launched one in uh, Spanish language bot. Um, you know, a lot of people who use WhatsApp in the US are Spanish speaking. And so you can message the CDC on WhatsApp and the bot will tell you where you can go get a vaccine, book your appointment, and even arrange a, a free car um, share ride to come pick you up and take you there. We saw that in a bunch of countries around the world. So, you know, hundreds of millions of people this last year have been interacting with bots. We don't talk about it a lot as bots. We just talk about it as, hey, they messaged on WhatsApp and they got help around COVID. Uh, you know, because I, I, I use the COVID app, um, COVID bot quite a lot because I've got a friends who work in, in the UN and stuff and they were really seeing the benefits and generating the results from, from, from using it. So I know that it was uh, uh, really, really popular with uh, lots of people. So we mentioned Messenger there and recently Nick Clegg, obviously Facebook's comms chief, uh, recently said that integrating Facebook's messaging apps into one unified service is taking a lot longer than expected. What's the holdup? What's happening? Well, the the features we want to uh, offer, you know, let people who want to, who are using Messenger, message someone on WhatsApp or vice versa. Um, you know, they, they 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 seem simple on the surface, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of hard technological problems to mm. solve. Uh, you know, we, we just talked about multi-device, for example. Um, well, if you want to be able to deliver, you know, some messages to one app and some messages to a different app on your phone or to a different phone, that's technically hard. You know, another one is um, bringing end-to-end -end encryption to Messenger and Instagram Direct. Uh, you know, before you could imagine messaging someone on WhatsApp from Messenger, it needs to be end-to-end -end encrypted, and that's a that's a very hard technology. Um, to to be clear, I mean, sometimes because the you know the reporting on this has been kind of around the high-level vision. To be clear, that the types of things we're talking about offering is not you know not merging everything. Mm. It's really letting you, if you want to, um, have experiences where you could message someone who's using a different app. You know, maybe you're you know maybe maybe Matt is using WhatsApp and Martin, you're using Messenger, but you have Matt's phone number, and rather than switching over to WhatsApp to talk to him. You just want to, you want to stay on Messenger and send him a message and have him get it on WhatsApp. It's things like right. that. And when, when's the end goal for that? And so is, there, is there a timeline that you're working to that you expect there to be some sort of finality to that piece of work? I'm guessing it's quite a lot to do. So, No, there's no specific date and it, it's a, it's a multi-year uh, project. Well, just for the, we've got about 10 minutes before I know you've got to head off. So that we'll change this slightly. And I wanted to ask you a little bit about the stuff that um, your boss, Mark Zuckerberg's talked a lot about over the last year or two, which is AR and VR. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that um, Facebook is investing in is to do with the Oculus and experiences in, in virtual worlds and using AR and, and all the kind of clever tech around that. But sort of bringing that back to your job and where you you sit in, in the scheme of the Facebook suite of apps and things, you know, what, how do you see WhatsApp fitting into a world that maybe 5, 10, 15 years from now is not necessarily dedicated to the smartphone, but is some other device where we predominantly consume content and experience uh, whatever we want to do online? How does WhatsApp look in that kind of a world? You know, the way I think about it is, is what does WhatsApp look like in a world where mobile phones aren't the main thing people are using? I mean, today, the mobile phone is the, it's the main computer for most people. It's the only computer they use. Um, we see this already with, you know, smart devices in your home. So if you look at Facebook portal, one of the great features on it, how a lot of people use it is making video calls to their 
family. So you can sit at home in your kitchen and make a call to, you know, a family member and they might even just be on their phone. So you can do it on WhatsApp and they can receive it on their WhatsApp phone. But looking ahead, if you think about all these new technologies, for a lot of them, I think something people are going to want to do is share something or talk to someone who isn't there as if they're there. If you're walking around about your day wearing smart glasses, you're going to want to be able to send a note to your spouse. You're going to want to be able to capture a photo of a cool moment and share it with a parent or a child. And WhatsApp will fit right in for that. Or, you know, maybe maybe technology goes in a different way. Maybe people are using, you know, smart devices in their ear where they say, hey, you know, Alexa, Siri, Facebook, whatever. Um, and there you're going to be able to want to place a phone call. And that's that's what WhatsApp is. Uh, and, and, and there's some other stuff as well that we want to quickly ask you before we jump into the last five minutes around um, lots of questions that we did have from people who wanted to ask on things about features, things that aren't in Facebook. Why aren't they in Face uh, in WhatsApp? Sorry. So, before, but before we do that, I just wanted mm. to ask you a quick question about uh, WhatsApp beta info, Jane Wong, and all the people that leak a lot of these features that your teams are working on. Um, how how do you view that? Is it kind of something that's kind of like funny or a little bit annoying or is it interesting that you know waiting for them to discover it well how do you view that well i think it's fun and i think you know the other thing is it's it's exciting that people are really interested in what we're working on i mean it's it's really fun to get to work on a service that people like and use and care about what's coming next or how it's changing um you know obviously sure do we wish we could control when people find out about every new thing we're doing and, and do it exactly to our schedule. Sure. Sometimes, but at the end of the day, it's kind of fun um, that, that, that this stuff is out there and people can learn about what we're doing. Yeah. 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 And um, I, I know that it's, um, the guys at WhatsApp feeder info are constantly kind of messaging me what have you found and, and sending me details of other things. So a lot of it goes on. I don't know how long it's been going on for them, but I've certainly been uh, playing around with it for, for years. It's uh, it's a, a geeky hobby, <laughs> but, um, but certainly we've got loads of questions from people that wanted to ask stuff. Um, and so rather than kind of the up and down of getting someone up on a space and things to get through as many as we could in say five or six minutes or so, we've got a, a list of, them. So uh, maybe me and Martin will take one or two from this list mm. that we've compiled. And Martin, what was the first one we had? Okay. So someone asks, uh, will WhatsApp get its own version of live audio rooms? I mean, I, nothing to describe there. And I, you know, I guess it would depend. We're not really a service for connecting with people. I mean, if you think about Twitter spaces, for example, we're not really a service for connecting with people you don't know and talking about things and sharing that out to a broad audience. Yeah. Uh, we certainly have audio calling and we think that's really, really um, good and it's you know, usage has grown a lot and we've been doing work to make it better and so we will have improvements coming to audio calling but it's kind of a different need yeah uh, the other one was will whatsapp get any emoji reaction features for individual messages within a chat much like you do on messenger and, and other sort of apps like it yeah no we know people love that and and, and you know even how i use whatsapp I, I reply with emojis all the time so can certainly see some of the benefits there but not something we have uh, at the moment. And I guess that's the kind of thing where the scrutiny we get from people like WhatsApp beta info or, or others out there is always the way you would tell if we were working on something. Like Martin. Uh, an interesting one. Can we have an edit button for messages? Well, you know, this comes up a lot and there's, there's trade-offs here. I mean, we have a delete button and, and, you know, sometimes people actually ask, okay, when you delete a message, why does it say you deleted it? Uh, why does it tell everyone? And the, the reason why is you, you don't kind of want people to be confused about what's going on in the conversation. So the trade-off with an edit button is if you add an edit button, I could say something and then you could respond to it. And then I could totally change what I'd said 
and it would look like you, you know, you, you respond. I mean, the, the, you could imagine me saying something benign and you say, I agree. And then I change it to something controversial <laughs> and that looks like you agree. So you probably got to, if you do an edit button, you probably got to have an easy way to show that it changed and that adds a little complexity. So there's, there's trade-offs there versus just the simplicity of you go back and forth and say things, which is kind of like how real conversations work. You know, again, we're trying to mimic a little bit of a real conversation where you can't really go back and like edit the transcript. <laughs> so you're you sticking to the Twitter line of there's no need for an edit button, basically. That's where we are with that one. I think that's fair to say. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that's necessarily true for yeah, all services. Yeah. You know, we have an edit button on on Facebook and I think it, it, it works well there. I think with WhatsApp, it does feel a lot like a conversation. So we'd want to think about how do you not lose that feeling of conversation. This one was a really popular one. It was probably one of the most uh, liked comments from somebody, which was, can we have a way to exit a group chat without a message showing XX has left the group? Yeah, we hear that all the time. <laughs> I mean, here's where it's not, it's not quite what people are asking, but here's where I will kind of jump the gun a little bit and describe something we're working on. I mean, one thing we also hear from people is I join a group that's, you know, it's particularly loud and noisy and it's not the most important thing for me, but I, I, I want to still be in the group and be able to see what's happening. So we are working on a, a new version of an archive folder where you can take a group and put it in that folder. And you, it won't, when messages come to it, it won't bump to the top of your inbox like your regular threads do, but you'll still have them and you'll still have a way to go see uh, the messages as they come in. And so that that's another thing that we've heard that's a very popular request around groups is, okay, I'm in these groups that are, they're a little less important to me, but I still want to be in them. How do I keep track of what's going on without it overwhelming me? Okay, yeah. Martin, what you got? Um, when will, what's sticking with kind of um, group conversation, when will WhatsApp introduce a poll feature? Oh, that's a, that's a popular <laughs> one as well. Um, nope, no plans, won't, won't, won't preview anything. Uh, we'll, we'll skip, we've got like two more minutes. We'll, have to, we'll do some quick, like nothing to say, or it's a good idea, but no plans, whatever, on it, some of these. So the quick ones are uh, payment features in Europe, WhatsApp pay, when's that gonna happen, do you think? We, we'd love to have payment features in, in, in as many countries as possible. You know, really the sticking point for us is the work in each country specific, and we have to work through the process to get regulatory approval. So for now, the first two places we launched are India and Brazil. Um, and and it, it it could be a while before we're somewhere else. Martin, I suppose I suppose you, you uh, with multi device this kind of answers this one with just use a browser. But is there an iPad version coming? There's no iPad version, but with multi device. And well, when will Spark AR be WhatsApp audience tested? Oh, good question. No, no, no definitive. No definitive day. day. Uh, let's pick three more, and then we'll just pull it to a close. Martin, if you want, will I have another little look down this list? It's a long list. Um, uh, so, someone's asking about branded or themed group chats. That's a weird one. I haven't heard of that one before. Uh, yeah, well, we do now. We do now have the ability for people to change the the wallpaper on a thread. I guess it's for themselves, but you know, one thing we hear people like to do is change the, the backgrounds on different threads so they can more easily keep track. Yeah, 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 I suppose because uh, Instagram has, yeah, you know, and, and Messenger have branded ones, don't yeah. they? Yeah, it's a nice way of uh, earning a, another line of income. And I think the last one will be the one that, again, also got a lot of uh, sort of likes on it was, where is it gone? Now I just said that I've lost it again. Oh, it's the out of office. Yeah, making the out of office features available for non-business accounts. Yeah, it's good to hear people, people want that. We did have that for business accounts, one of the top features yeah. for business accounts on the business app. So it's good to hear people would like that themselves. Absolutely. Personally. I can't- I get it. You go on vacation and you want. And something I didn't know. ask earlier in terms of WhatsApp status. You know, in the UK, I don't see huge amounts of usage, and I know that it is really popular. Where in the world is it really popular, and just how popular is status? Because to us, it doesn't seem like anything happens on it. 
it's quite popular, but you're right. It varies country by country. So there are a number of, you know, a number of countries where WhatsApp's incredibly popular, where a lot of people will share what's going on in their life to status. And a lot of people will take a look at it. Um, so it's, it's, it's quite a lot. Of awesome. Well, the question we didn't ask you, um, which was what somebody did put to us was ask him if he thinks Gareth Southgate was too defensive <laughs> with his tactics in the final of football, which I know you, you saw as well. I guess they uh, <laughs> didn't get the memo. Thank you for everyone for joining us. And thank you. A special thank you to the team at uh, WhatsApp who made it possible for us to chat. And, uh, and again, thank you, Will, for being with us today. And we'll uh, hopefully catch up again soon. So there you go. Thanks to Will for taking the time to speak to us. Next week, we'll be speaking to Shimona Mehta, Shopify's Managing Director for the EMEA region, about how social platforms are embracing shopping. And if you want to listen live, you can hear it on Twitter Spaces at 11.30am UK time on Wednesday, the 21st of July, 2021. There's a link in the show notes so you can get a reminder in your notifications on Twitter for when we go live. That's all for now, though. See you soon. Goodbye, geeks. Goodbye, geeks.